Hey, Rachel. Hello, Brian. So how was your week? It was exasperating and confusing and annoying. Confusing, okay. So, okay, here's just an example of one of the things. (laughs) I'm not this huge baseball fan, so maybe there's a lot I don't know, but I've been following this sign-stealing scandal. There's this guy, Carlos Beltran, and he's supposedly like this mastermind of stealing the signs. Yeah, yeah, he's the godfather of the signs. (laughs) Says the New York Post. (laughs) But like, shouldn't stealing the signs be rewarded? Why is this being punished? Because they're like the signs are out in the open. If If you can steal them, it's like stealing a base. Good for you. Yeah, like reading the signs (laughs) in every other domain of life is like supposed to be good. And so if the signs are out there for the taking and you're taking them. They're in the public domain. Yes. Crack the code. Just crack the code. And if your signs are so easy to decipher, then maybe you need to look inward and get better signs. The burden of the proof is on the signer, not the signee. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you're so, right. It is very confusing. If only things in life were just simpler. Yes. Listen, listen on. This is Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Is no, my sign is no, my number is no. Mm. You need to let it go. Mm. You need to let it go. Mm. Need to let it go. Okay, so now that, uh, as you just heard, we have officially changed our name to Nope, not this week in Nope, just Nope, we don't remind you that this is a community. This is not just us talking to you. This is not top-down communications. We talk to you. You talk to us. It's a dialogue. It's a dialogue. <laughs> it's not a monologue. <laughs> it's not a diatribe. It's a two-way street. Yeah, or three-way street. There's two of us. <laughs> so we want you to talk to us. Yeah, how, how can they do that? How you can... Tweet at us at Rachel D at Brian Hecht. You can email us at thisweekinnope at gmail.com. Our email address has not changed. And most importantly, yeah, why aren't you emailing us? People are always like, I want to make sure you got my email. Has your email changed? I'm like, whose email changes? No, no one's email. No, unless changes. you had an AOL email and you change it to Gmail. Ours has not changed. And most importantly, you can review us. Review. We read all the reviews. We know you, the message is loud and clear, but only five stars, please. Only five stars and, and give us your feedback feedback right what you think you know and but only if it's good only if it's good <laughs> if it's not good i question why you're listening to this podcast it's like an Uber in the first driver. place don't give it five give, don't give them anything four. Other than five no. star. four could like ruin their lives so don't ruin our lives give us five stars <laughs> thank you that okay. is our thirsty plea <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast. this podcast <laughs> okay well what everybody is talking about this week what you and i have been talking about of course what my mail has been talking about since we just i just got a fundraiser mailer from joe biden are the caucuses and the primaries. We talked about the Iowa caucus a little last week. We still don't know who won. We had the New Hampshire primary. We know who won, but it was super close. But one thing we do know is that the person who did not win anything is Joe Biden. The most electable. He was the most electable guy. He's the guy, he and Elizabeth Warren were the two that like you couldn't get away from. You had to vote for one of the two. If you were a centrist, you voted for Biden. If you were progressive, you voted for Warren. And they came in fourth and fifth And they're both in the sewer right now. Yes, it's really confusing. Another, it's very confusing. Just like, just like the signs. (laughs) Joe Biden should read the signs and get the fuck out of the race yes, right now. Yes. So um, this was not the worst thing that happened to Joe Biden this week. You would think that basically being kicked out of contention for the presidential race would be bad enough, but something actually worse happened. And this is that a story surfaced from 2015 that Joe Biden stole a child's pacifier and put it in his own mouth. 
I have so many questions. <laughs> okay, I got to uh, elaborate more. What's worse, I don't think you knew this, is that the child, the baby, was Michael Bloomberg's grandson named oh. Jasper. Who is, it was Georgina Bloomberg's Georgina, son? Georgina took the picture and posted it, and that's how it got out. Oh, she is sneaky. She is sneaky, right. And uh, so why was this all happening? They were at the British Embassy where uh, Michael Bloomberg was being given the Order of the British Empire. Oh, And, you know, uh, Joe Biden is known as a baby kisser, I guess. (laughs) So he saw a baby and he couldn't refuse it. It, But it's different from kissing a baby, like putting a pacifier in your mouth. And it's not like the baby took the pacifier like cutesy, like, here, Uncle Joe, you take it. No, he like seized it. He like confiscated the the pacifier and put it in his own it's mouth. Like the next level. Like remember when there was a whole scandal about him like hair sniffing? Oh no, I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> so this is not the first time that he has invaded personal space yeah. of a baby or otherwise. Uh, or a full grown human. <laughs> right. So um, you remember when he was rubbing the shoulders? Rubbing shoulders. Of, yeah. Uh, this was the wife of Defense Secretary uh, Ashton Carter at his like swearing in ceremony. And then for after that he got nicknamed the creepy. Veep. Right. And then he hugged and then kissed inappropriately the 13-year-old daughter of Senator Christopher Coons. Right. There is a he has a long track record combined with his likely fabricated story of corn puff. Corn pop. Corn pop, pop, who we met in like a parking lot. (laughs) At a public pool in 1956. He called him (laughs) Esther Williams. Yeah, it was. So say what you want about this guy. At least he has good taste. He only assaults the offspring of the political elite. Yeah, but I, I just think like he's just. He has a long history of interactions <laughs> with people because he's so old. He has seventy year, but he 70. also has a seventy year interaction of like shenanigans. Like he had to drop out of that uh, whatever nineteen eighty eight election because he had word for word plagiarized Neil Kinnock's speech. The oh yeah, British politician. This is his third presidential run. Yes. He's never gotten a single. He's never won vote. a primary. He's, <laughs> he's never, never won, won a single primary yeah. for anything. So why is he the most electable candidate again? Could somebody explain this to me? Because he's next in line. He's next in line. It but doesn't have matter. you been watching all the speeches? Like I'm sympathetic. I I want someone to succeed. If he's the person that the party coalesces around, fine. more power to but him. He's not. But his speeches are getting worse and worse and worse. He's like, having a meltdown. He's having a meltdown. Everything he said in that last debate, it was he was just shouting. He's like, I, I did, did that. that. I did that. I did that. Yeah. Right. So and it's it's barely coherent what he actually did. <laughs> I'm sure. Sure he did. Never mind that the vice president does nothing. Well, I mean, I'm sure he did a lot of things in his career, which is all the more reason to just back somebody else and get out of the race and retire and chill. Yeah, I mean, and even like his like the way he talks is becoming like a little less coherent. And I don't mean to make fun of anyone who has dementia, but I think he has that in common with Trump. If you listen to like their verbal patterns, they get like they perseverate on certain words. I think I saw an analysis that he said the word folks 11 times in one minute. Well, he also, I mean, he has been very upfront that he's struggled with a stutter for a long time. Yeah, but, but if this you is listen to him as a vice president, that. he did not stutter yeah. or have any stutter-adjacent behaviors. I think he's also been rattled by the intimidation and, like, the Hunter Biden questions. And, you know, it's just... It's a lot for yeah. one person to handle. I didn't love the old Joe Biden that much, but I really want the old Joe Biden back. Me too. Me yeah. too. I mean, if we could have had him circa, you know, 2008. That would have been fine. That would have been fine. Totally fine. Take him. But, but Joe no, Biden of 2020. No, absolutely no, not. No. no. I say this with love. 
Yeah, this he's is not, not a, a bad this person. This is not a hateful. No, this I don't is think just... he's malicious, and I honestly don't think he's creepy. I just think he just is from another era. He's a little handsy. I don't think he's like intentionally. His time is past. His His pass time the is torch. Yeah. Pass the torch. Pass it. Pass it. We're a- ready. Amy is ready to accept the torch. Just endorse Amy. Just endorse Amy. And if just... he's serious about being in the center lane, about getting things done, she has the best record to do yeah. that. Right? And Bloomberg's a wild card. Who knows what will happen with that? But of the people who are in the field right now, pass the torch to Amy. Yes. That endorsement alone would get her to win the next round of primaries. Probably. Don't agree. You think? I, I endorse that idea. Okay. okay. So there's a yup buried in our note, but nope. nope Again, Joe lovingly, Biden. Joe Biden, please no, just... No putting pacifiers in your mouth. The coronavirus <laughs> is going on. This is terrible. Yeah, that's true. No, that was in 2015, I know, to be but fair. still. You should have seen it coming. It was, it's obviously part of a pattern. He's obviously still doing it. You don't just do that once. Do you think there's a picture at home of like an Instagram that Jill, Dr. Jill Biden took of him like curled up in fetal position in bed with, with a, a pacifier? Yes, I do. <laughs> Okay, nope, Joe Biden. Your time has come and gone. Endorse Amy. Shut it down, please. Okay, Rachel, what else were we talking about? So we have to address the Oscars. Yeah, like normally we don't talk about things that are a few days old. We're super current, but this shook popular culture so much. We have to address it. And they're right, and there are still so many unanswered questions (laughs) about it. So many answers and search for (laughs) questions. It was just like a vortex of weirdness. So you and I watched the Oscars together, and I'm taking credit for the Bong Joon Ho win. Single handedly. Single handedly. (laughs) Never mind. masterpiece that is parasite (laughs) i loved it so much so in honor of it i made a korean stew with a recipe by the la chef roy Choi to manifest this oscar sweep and it worked which i would love to say was delicious but i didn't get to try it because i had just come over having had a steak dinner and i was about to explode and nothing appealed to me less than you didn't think i was gonna serve any food no i thought you'd have like some chips and guac or something you had an amazing spread out there i I was like I felt bad. I shouldn't have eaten a steak dinner. I should have just like stuck my snout in the in the, in the uh, stew. You should have, or pigs in blankets. Yeah. I was eyeing the pigs in blankets. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? Who among us has like Rachel <laughs> Brosnan? Okay. okay, so yes, you so, had to spread the Korean stew. Not enough people ate it. Right. So it was all a delight, but the, all the the Parasite Best Picture win didn't come until the end of the show, and we had to get through everything that preceded it, and it was weird. It was a mixed bag. Speaking of. Could we talk about <laughs> yes, the yes, next right. gift bags? <laughs> right. So um, I, you've been to the Oscars, right? I have been to the Oscars. I have not been to the Oscars. And uh, apparently the the highlight for a lot of the attendees are the gift bags. For and the nominees. They get these for the nominees, crazy right. gift bags. Right. And that, I, yeah. I, yeah. And it's uh, they give celebrities things they don't want or they could pay for themselves if they did want them. They're, of course, they okay. have plenty of resources to right. afford. This all is of not this something stuff. that they would buy. So this year, a very unusual gift was a um, urine collection cup. The PZ Midstream. Yes. Oh, you've heard of it. The PZ Midstream. <laughs> it got a lot of attention. Okay, so it's it's a modified plastic cone that captures the middle of the urine stream. So what, who among <laughs> us hasn't had trouble <laughs> capturing the middle? So what I don't know is it like chronological. Logically, the middle, like I'm starting to go. Now it's the middle. Now I'm done. Or oh, if there's like, like the a hearts, s- like when you're distilling whiskey, you don't want the heads or the tails. Yes, you only like want the that. <laughs> or is it like you have like a spray of urine and you only want like the conical center of I it? I think it's that. Okay. 
all will be revealed. <laughs> so it has some medical claims. It claims to fix many of the problems with uh, urinary tract infections, UTI. And um, doctors say that the claims are completely untested. So I have a few questions. First of all, like, how does collecting urine cure a UTI? <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, but there's like not the other components right. of the test. Are you just going to be like at home or in your hotel Collecting room? Collecting your urine? Right. <laughs> like, and then my other question is like, is it for use during the Oscars? Because they're so long. Like it's, it's like the space that the astronaut who peed in the cup. Right. <laughs> right. Is it just for like relieving yourself so you don't have to get a seat warmer to leave your seat? <laughs> Natalie Portman plays that person. Remember she like refused. She's like playing that woman in, in the movie in version the movie. of the peeing but she, astronaut. <laughs> but she's refusing the diaper. So maybe they'll have like a PZ midstream. Oh, I'm, I'm working with an innovative startup that does uh, very fashionable adult diapers. Oh, cool. So this is a trend. It's a, it's a huge yeah, it's trend. It's called Hazel. Look out for it in stores uh, this fall. But um, okay, so here's what I learned about. There are videos online, many videos, explanatory videos about how to use the PZGZ midstream. Okay. It turns out that it is, in fact, for the duration of your P stream. So apparently to diagnose the UTI, you don't want the beginning of the stream. You don't want the end of the stream. You just want the like middle. The middle. Yeah. And it's like a little cup and you pee and like the first <laughs> milliliters like go out the bottom to the toilet unobstructed. Uh -huh. Then there's like a sponge that automatically comes out and like starts to fill up and that's your sample. Uh -huh. And then when that's full, it moves aside, steps aside and lets the rest of the stream continue on its journey to its intended <laughs> destination <laughs> so then what do you do with the sponge then you send it in it's like 23 and me okay and so it's really it's a collection device but the thing is is that it was only given to the best uh directors and producer nominees and really who, and who gets utis the actors no the women <laughs> women get more utis right <laughs> why would actors get more utis I don't know, but why wouldn't producers be women? No, there were no weren't there no female directors. Oh, that's true. That's my point. Wait, so they're so <laughs> So they're giving out basically female urination collectors to a bunch of men. Okay. That's the, that's the nope. <laughs> There's a lot of nopes buried in there it's a, in the midstream. It's a in the in <laughs> start of the stream. Okay, so nope to that. But let's get back to your cultural okay. observations about the Oscars because okay. there are many. So, um, right. So the Academy's always struggling with what to to do to make the broadcast more watchable. And this year, for the second year in a row, there was no host, which always adds this element of unpredictability and a zany quality, but it's never really in a good way. There was this introductory performance by Janelle Monet. She was wearing a Mr. Rogers sweater, which it, the performance just did not do no. much for me. Even Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig were great. They were great. They were great. presenters. Yeah, they were great. But I, you know, I, there was this strange frozen moment with, um, Adina Menzel, also known as Adele Dazim. <laughs> and it was triggering for me because seeing her reminded me of the uncut gems snub. She oh. played Adam Sandler's wife in okay. that movie and she was I can't so good. in the segment because I haven't seen it. Well, you must. That's terrible <laughs> that you haven't. But so she's singing this song from Frozen 2. And there's this like weird person who looked like she was an elf 
perched on like an ice luge in the background <laughs> and she was possibly a mirage, but then you saw her too. So I knew I was, and it, she was. They were having like a collective hallucination. We're so close as cousins. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we see the same hallucinations. But I, I did some research and it turned out she was a Norwegian singer named Aurora, who evidently is an inspiration for Billie Eilish. Oh, Okay. Okay, and then there were a bunch of people in the front, sort of in like a half moon formation, singing in foreign languages. Oh, yeah. What were those languages? And why were they singing in them? I don't know. It was like a celebration like, of like the magic of dubbing. All. It was very magic odd. Of dubbing. It was very strange, very okay. peculiar. And what then, else? But the, so the biggest mystery of all, and you know, I always embrace the unknown. Yes, you, you, stand, you stand the unknown. <laughs> but it was really, speaking of Stan, it was really odd when Eminem like burst onto the stage to perform Lose Yourself from the yeah. 2002 movie 8 Mile. Right. Mom Spaghetti. Whoops, there goes gravity. Yeah, why? It was, it was bone chilling. It was like, <laughs> as, as soon as he started performing, I got a text and I knew exactly who it was going to be from. <laughs> it was from Gail Rubin. Gail is my friend from Houston and she and I are both inexplicably attracted to Eminem. Okay. What can I say? Yeah, the heart know, wants no account, what it wants. There's no accounting for taste. <laughs> and Gail had theories. First, she said, he looks like someone I went to Sunday school with. And she didn't even have to say like who she who she was talking about because I knew. Who? And Mac Miller? No, Eminem. Okay. He, you know, he had that scruffy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so she thought that he was trying to make amends for not showing up at the Oscars in 2003 when Lose Yourself won Best Original Song. Who cares where he was in 2003? Think anyone remembers that? It's 2020. So I was like, okay, so he called the Academy and was like, <laughs> like hi guys, I'm ready. I'm super sorry. But I was in a bad place. <laughs> I thought you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance yes! to blow. Right? You don't get two shots. Oh, That's I want not the, the... Uh, there's our outro music right there. <laughs> you only get one. <laughs> I don't understand. Missed, if you want to be on, write another song write for a movie. Write another song, right? Do so, the Lion King 3 or whatever. Exactly. Speaking of, Elton John, <laughs> who wrote a song for the Lion King, he had something to do with it. Okay. She, this is her theory. And we're not a news podcast, so I'm just going off piece here. These are here. wild this conspiracy <laughs> theories. This is like Alex Jones theories. So Elton John, who also performed at the Oscars because there was that big biopic of him, Rocket Man. Um, he was kind of like a mentor to Eminem when he was getting off drugs. Okay. And so, so he's like a mother hen. A he mother to... hen. And he and, and so Gail thinks that Elton John had something to do with getting Eminem to come perform oh, that is at a, the Oscars. That is a scoop. To that make is amends. Hot news. Yeah. Wow, that's the story behind the story. It's the like why an behind the why. Story. It's kind of like an addict love story. Yes. It's so, like hoarders. So it's interesting. I don't know. It's uh, listen, yeah, it makes it's not sense. Uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> it makes more sense than just like having him perform a random song from a 17-year-old movie, right? Yeah, I think it was just like a nice uh, break in the action, a nice little entertainment, light entertainment. Okay. I mean, I do love that song. Anyway, so then, then there were the speeches. They were all over the place. Yes. Um, I don't understand how this happens. You did not have to watch the Oscars to know that Renee Zellweger and Joaquin Phoenix were going to win Best Actress and Best Actor. So... Yet, yet, both of their speeches were a total mess. They were like five minutes long each. Yes. And they're not going to like play off the best actor, actress people. 
No. They're going to let them say their piece. They can say whatever they want. And Joaquin went from human rights to sexism and racism, then had a whole thing about milk. And then like he almost <laughs> the saved... controversial <laughs> issue of our time. It was... <laughs> as a, as it was I was cinema. like, where exactly is this going? And then like at the end, he almost saved it by choking up when he talked about his brother River. But... Man, it was. No, it wasn't worth the it journey. Was terrible. It was <laughs> the terrible. The wasn't worth the journey. And Renee Zellweger was bad as well. Was also just, just sort of off the reservation. Like, how did she not? This is what these people do She's for a living. She's done it before. Like, She's she done won it before. the award before. Right. And this is what they do for a living. They memorize speeches and deliver them with passion that be just and conviction. Before they let you in, if you're nominated for a major award, before they let you into the auditorium, the Dolby <laughs> Theater, you should have to show your speech prove your work (laughs) show your papers it was it was insane okay and then anything else and so i guess my final thing is that we're so here for the parasite sweep that is such a yup we love that but we are dismayed that none of the actors in that movie even got so much as a nomination. Oh, they weren't talented at all. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. They just made a movie that won Best Picture, Best Director, Best... Uh, I mean, so many things. And it was, it was an ensemble cast with the with the four in the family, but then there's also, like, the maid and her husband and then the rich family. And oh, frankly, yeah. they could have all been nominated. They could have all been not Like, Kang Ho Song, who played the father, was such a good no, performance. But what, what about the old nanny, the one who... Oh, the old nanny. Amazing. She was, that was, uh, she should get an EGOT for that role. Like, <laughs> yes. She's Give her all of the awards. Yeah, and that, I, I feel bad with what happened with that peach fuzz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was some method acting that right was there. So, that was such a clever plot twist, yes. too, with the peach fuzz. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. We could that. talk about this forever, but we yeah. won't. Yeah. But so I, I tried to find out, was there ever a, a film that won Best Picture and Best Director without getting any acting nominations? And in fact, there was. It Avatar. is Slumdog Millionaire in 2009. Oh, and what shocking. do those two movies have in common? <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it, but oh, it's just so upsetting. It just reinforces. That's the only other one we could find? Yep. Good research. More breaking news you can use. Breaking news. I, I break it down. The story. The story behind the story, yes. So here we are in 2020. We need to get it together, people. But, this but is... you know what the most moving part of any Academy Awards is? <laughs> in memoriam. In memoriam. Yes. And they did have that beautiful performance by um, Billie Eilish yeah, singing that yesterday. Pretty, yeah. That was very good. Um, and the great actor Kirk Douglas died at the age of 103. The day before, I think. The day before, or maybe a few days before. Yeah. And um, his son, Michael Douglas, had some very moving words to say. (laughs) He said that Kirk Douglas's last words were... (laughs) I know what it is, and it's still ridiculous. A message of support for the presidential campaign of Mike Bloomberg. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to know, I want to know the exact words, because I want to be able to picture Kirk Douglas, like, rasping, like... Vote Mike in 2020. Like, what was the context? So he he said that (laughs) he was... he was in the hospital and Michael Douglas was there. And some of his father's last words were about Bloomberg. Um, Douglas, the younger Douglas said that Kirk Douglas said, Mike Bloomberg can get it done. That's like his campaign slogan, isn't it? So you think that was like his last breath? Like maybe it was a paid endorsement. Mike Bloomberg. (laughs) Look, Michael Bloomberg can pay a lot to the estate of Kirk Douglas. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, but like 
I don't know. He also said it was some of his last words. What so were the like, others? What Could, were they... Was it also, and also maybe Amy Klobuchar? <laughs> <laughs> right, like the New York Times editorial page. <laughs> he left off that part of the quote. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, that's just weird. It's just a very uh, beautiful tribute. I think probably Michael, uh, this didn't happen. Michael Douglas supports Bloomberg. He wanted to get his endorsement. And he said, Kirk, his father, isn't there to, de- to deny to this. It. So, sure, Which why not? Which is just really... Disgraceful. Okay, yeah, we're so indicting him for something he he may did or not may not do. have done. We don't know. As I That's said before, why we, we have this podcast. Nope. To nope. All absolutely of this. not. Okay, Rachel, we have some very deep topics <laughs> some to deep. remaining in this podcast. Um, we talked about the uh, the mid stream collection cup. Let's yes. pick up that theme. Okay. <laughs> so I, I really, this has been going on for a few weeks and I did not want to address this topic. Yeah. This was on, on this the podcast. story, possible story list for a few weeks. And, and we I keep said deleting we it because I'm just like, I can't go there, but I must go the there because it, <laughs> it, it, cannot has, be ignored. it cannot be ignored. And that is the vaginification of everything. Of America, of everything. Of, of everything. So a few weeks ago, Gwyneth Paltrow introduced a candle on Goop, her, you know, quackery wellness website. And the candle was called, quote, this candle smells like my vagina. It's called that that sentence is the name of it. That's the name of the the, candle. Right. Like the subject verb object. Yes. And it was sold out, but apparently now it's back in stock because oh, okay. you can they order did a one. Production yes, <laughs> after <laughs> all of the attention, like, <laughs> infused with coronavirus, uh, it sells for seventy five dollars. Oh, so like all good candles, you pay do. extra for the coronavirus <laughs> or and, for the vagina. <laughs> and so, what does Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina smell like? Funny, oh, can, gorgeous, no, uh, sexy, oh. geranium, bergamot, <laughs> cedar, damask rose ambrette seed um they just make these words up for... i mean i don't know i i kind of appreciate her sense of humor i think it's funny but like everyone's tweeting about this vagina candle then martha stewart went on watch what happens live and she said she would never buy it and threw shade said it was for horny guys to buy and um i think martha stewart is just jealous that her vagina doesn't <laughs> smell like <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's. we don't know what any of this <laughs> she definitely bought them all and Right. So, do you think house. the do you think the target audience is uh, women who aspire to have a <laughs> vagina that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's, or men who like to fantasize? I think about... it's for everybody. I think <laughs> it's for the young. For everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for the old. I think it's for for people transitioning. It's aspirational. <laughs> it's, it's for the gays, straight. It's it really it crosses. It's the one back. thing we can all unite behind in this divisive election year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And I thought that would be the end of it and we could move on. But then there's Erica Badu, our finest living R&B songstress. And <laughs> I don't she, know about that. She, Maybe 20 years ago. She's yeah. amazing. And she got into the vagina scent game as well. I saw this headline this week and it said Erica Badu's new incense will smell like her vagina. So, so this is now warring vaginas. <laughs> dueling vaginas. So Badu's World Market is this online store that's opening on February 20th. And one of the products will be called Badu's Pussy. Oh, God. Well, just go there. I mean, if you're doing it, just, just do go it. There. Just yeah. say what it is. And so she told a That'd magazine. Be a good pet store name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She told a magazine, I took lots of pairs of my panties, cut them up into little pieces and burned them. 
to get this the... is not scalable. <laughs> she only has so many panties. She can only no, wear them so fast. I think that so was fast. the inspiration, and then oh, they formulated they, they brought it, it to the like the chemical. So it's a very place. different type of scent than you know damask rose and amber. Does it smell seed. similar to Gwyneth's? I'm un- I'm less familiar than many. It sounds like it would smell very different. So these are two very different types of women with very different approaches. (laughs) To their vaginas. (laughs) Yet they are the same age. Really? Yeah. So Gwyneth is 47 and Erica Badu is 48. We need some age diversity. We need like some young vaginas, (laughs) some old vaginas, (laughs) something for everybody. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But I'm all for demystifying the vagina. But I've been thinking about this a lot. And this all seems very counterproductive to the cause. Yeah, because it's supposed to be getting like vagina allies on board. Yeah. It's demystifying it, but it's kind of just like rubbing people's noses in. Literally. Literally. (laughs) And like, would you want a candle that's like, this candle smells like my sweaty testicles? Like, no. I I would not. Absolutely not. And it's one thing to have like, I don't know, uh, a whiff of it, but a candle is like a persistent smell. Like you light it in your living room for a party. Like, I know. do you want the entire room like fumigated with <laughs> vagina scent? I don't. Depends I mean, what kind of party? Again, I, guess. I haven't smelled the candle yet, so like I cannot <laughs> attest. But I just feel like the whole idea behind it is just counterproductive to the cause of the demystification. I agree. Of, yeah. Like, would okay. you like to shut it down? So nope, nope, no more. The vagina is not pumpkin spice. It's. it's <laughs> I feel like as a man, I don't have standing to shut down vaginas, but you certainly do. I'm going to shut it down. As a woman, I just don't think that having these candles is a good idea. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. Okay. Let's move on to a very different topic. I'm going to talk about the uh, Trump White House and the fact that we've all known for three and a half years now that it is a revolving door. He uh, he hires people. He then promptly fires them, sometimes very quickly, and then sometimes they're welcomed back in. Only the best people. Only the best people get hired and fired and often rehired right. for other things. So uh, I'm going to give you two names you thought you'd never hear again, Sean Spicer and Ryan Priebus. Thank you. Right? I'm triggered. <laughs> drinking. Drinking game. <laughs> Whenever I name a former White House official, <laughs> drink. Okay, so Sean Spicer remembers the former press secretary who resigned when wait, did he resign or quit there was the mooch thing and then Reince Priebus who was the chief of staff I don't know he was one of them quit because they was... were undercut by mooch I don't yeah. remember what happened anyway they're back um, in the White House so it's they're... like a haunting it's like a haunting yeah it's, <laughs> it's like, like they're... the ghost of White House press secretary <laughs> past so he's going to take on they're both have been appointed to as members of the President's Commission on White House Fellowships. It doesn't mean anything. It's a, it's a nonsense it's, it's a title. Total, totally on total honorary title. And um, I don't know why they got it. It's a way to grift. It's a way for them to grift. I'm sure there's some like stipend or speaking engagement or appearance fee that's associated or with it. Or silence fee. That's so what that it they is. Don't it's talk. a way to keep them in the loop. Yeah. That's right. Now, listening to this. It will. You will remember that Spicer is on a comeback role right now. So a few months ago, he was on Dancing with the Stars. He was in that famous bright green ruffled uh, 
pirate shirt. You call that a comeback tour? I call it a descent <laughs> into the garbage well, pile. <laughs> now, rolling around in the garbage pile, we have a new opportunity to experience Sean Spicer. Um, he will sell you a custom message on Cameo. Now, not everybody may know what Cameo is. Rachel, do you want to describe it? So Cameo is this very interesting service where you can pay different celebrities. There's a wide variety of people defined, yes. to choose from. A lot of reality TV stars, a lot of housewives, you can pay them to deliver a short video message saying whatever you Happy want birthday. them to say for different prices. I love you. I appreciate yeah. you, whatever it is. So Spicer has a, a offer up on Cameo. It's $400 for a brief message. It's so unbecoming. Of like, Could you <laughs> okay, just but like no, no, imagine? No, but he's having a promotion of 50% off for Valentine's Day. He will do a Valentine's message for just $199. But to his credit, he is donating the proceeds to a very worthwhile charity oh i cannot uh, uh, like a wheelchair charity okay i cannot say the same of some of the other former trump officials who are also on cameo and this is my deep dive research our investigative oh, okay. reporting that uncovered this who else is on cameo <laughs> well it turns out that the mooch anthony scaramucci is oh. on. he is a bargain at 100 dollars. oh my god for a message from the moose mooch you can also get omarosa at the low low of price of 49 dollars <laughs> <laughs> And at a slightly higher price, $55, but even lower desirability, you can get President Trump's 2016 campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, oh my to God. record you a message for $55. So do you think like Amy Klobuchar <laughs> could like pay all of these people to like say something positive about Amy? Who would want them? Too. I know, but I feel like she could use it in her ads. Like to appeal to Republicans? To the MAGAs, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting, they'd right? Double, they'd double their price. Omarosa would be $98 to <laughs> right, do that. Be, it is $100. I thought, thought about this. We could get them to do little like testimonials and say, nope, it's my favorite podcast. Keep yeah, up the I mean, I work, wouldn't guys. want them, but there are other people who I would. I would do a housewife. I would do Ramona. Ramona, for sure. A housewife. Luann, Yeah, yes. there's all kinds of celebrities yeah. we would do. Okay, but this whole cameo racket, Spicer comeback. But who comeback, wants Sean Spicer to wish them happy Valentine's Day? Who even like, remembers who he is? Like, He's a nobody. That, for me, would be legitimate grounds for murder <laughs> if josh was like happy word. valentine's day here's your card and it was like a message from sean spicer <laughs> Corey Lewandowski, i would from paul manafort murder michael him. flynn i would murder so fast and i think I, murder so fast. <laughs> I think you would skip the anger and go straight to murder my sentence would be time served <laughs> Judge Amy, <laughs> Judge Amy Sir- Berman Jackson. Jackson. She'd be Amy like, Sherman "Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, absolutely no, to not." To this whole topic, no. oh my god. Okay, I do have one more topic, but I think uh, we're running long. We're just going to r- jump right to the ups. These are little okay. beacons of light, the little rays of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, why don't you go first? Please? Yeah, so, I mean, it's really been a pretty spectacularly bad few weeks with everything going on with, you know, the decline in the rule of law and Western civilization. Western civilization. But one thing that I've been doing to escape the news is watching Curb Your Enthusiasm season oh, 10 on HBO. You would have thought and, it may have jumped the shark, but it's, but it's only back and accelerating. Better than ever. It's getting better. 
Larry David is such a genius. I mean, he's wearing Rachel, a- you and I, like, as soon as there's an episode, we talk about it, like, in that annoying way. We're like, what about that scene when they went to Mexico? There's and what about so that many- scene with the yo-yoing and... Yoing up, yoing down. I mean, there, there's like this. He wears a MAGA hat to get out of a lunch meeting, which Donald Trump like <laughs> took that clip and like used it as on, like a promotional clip because he just doesn't get it. Um, but it's just so good. So I, uh, you know, this is no right, secret. He, if, Everybody right, knows. Right, that no, this no, is no, but a lot of people I was talking about. A lot of people like I'm like, do you like Kirby Enthusiasm? And they're like, oh yeah, I watched it a while ago, but I stopped. But I'm like, okay. It's it's like episodic. You don't need to know anything. Just pick it up again. It's funny in its own right. It's so funny. So okay, my up is uh, I went to the Broadway this week and I saw the new production of West Side Story, which is still in previews, is opening for real this week, I think. And it was top five, if not the best Broadway production I've ever seen. Wow. Um, it's directed by Ivo Van Hove, who is a very uh, well-known sort of uh, director of minimalist productions. <laughs> And it's hard to describe exactly what was so innovative. There was a regular set, which was kind of minimalist, but then there were like two stories of TV screens. And there was frequently like a camera guy on stage with like an iPhone or a camera, like on stage taking pictures, footage that was projected live. So not only did you see it from the audience, but you got to see the faces, like like almost like it was sports. Like, oh, you know, you cool. could see the close-ups of everybody. And then when they were in the back of the stage, you got like a close-up of them. It was incredible. And this, I, I sound like my grandmother. Singing and dancing. Was, <laughs> no, but I had like chills within three minutes of the, the curtain up. Yeah. Um, now, just a little caveat here. There's a whole schmagoo with uh, Me Too. The, there was a situation with uh, sex tape and pictures and one of the dancers. Uh, and if I untangled it, I would probably be horrified by it. Um, but it's one of those things where... You're just talking about the quality of the production itself, the not the, the behind the scenes And we can have a whole philosophical drama. discussion of whether you can divide the art from the artists. Uh-huh. Um, all I know is so good that I'm just, you know, willfully holding my eyes, my ears, and my nose were so that you, I don't have to think about that. Were you sitting in the front? Like, uh, no, we, well, we were in the orchestra, but like on the side by the aisle. Because I heard that people yeah, are getting splattered with blood. <laughs> there was one incident. Josh Grau, our Josh friend. Josh Grau, our friend, yeah. Got, got splattered by fake blood. No, they had worked out the kinks and the blood splattering <laughs> mechanism by the time I was there. I was unbloodied. Okay, good, <laughs> good. Um, well, anyway, that's my up. It's probably going to be hard to get tickets now, and they'll be $10,000, but, um, but get them. in my mind, better than Hamilton. Better than, better than Gremlins, better we than We know E.T. you don't like Hamilton. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. This has been a terrible week. Um, fun podcast to record yes, this week? Yes, definitely fun. Yeah, I yeah. think the name change is going over well. Nope. We're getting a lot of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> and by good, which I mean so no good. feedback at all. <laughs> About the name change specifically. About the name change, okay, yeah. well, give us love. Let us know. Thank you for listening. Remember, rate, review, subscribe. We were thirsty for all this at the top. We will be. Ba- oh no, we're not back next week because you're traveling. We're I'm doing traveling. a skip week. We'll be out, but then we will be back in full force the week after. With a very special guest. Yeah, yeah. Until then, I'm sorry to inform you. This has been Nope, the podcast where we shut it down. <laughs>